0: now it's my pleasure to welcome Charlotte to Major League Soccer as our 30th team. And now your new owner, David Tepper. Charlotte, you ready to party? Yeah. Please join me in welcoming Charlotte Football Club's first head coach, Miguel Angel Ramirez. Buenos dias. In the 2022 MLS Super Draft, presented by Adidas, Charlotte FC selects from the University of Maryland, and Generation Adidas, Ben Bender. Welcome to Crowning Moments. It's Sunday, July 3rd. On this episode, we call halftime I'll look back at the first 17 matches and choose four key areas of this young Charlotte FC franchise that spiked my interest. Matches, goals, saves, and traditions. Let's start with matches. Here are the four matches that stood out to me. The first one is the Red Bulls match at home on June 11th where the Crown won 2-0 and they outshot the uh, high-powered offense and of the Red Bulls 11-3 and shots on goal was 5-1, which is a, a true, true sign of, of the defense and how well they played. Uh, normally, the Red Bulls have about 15 shots per game and about six or seven shots on goal. So that's really just a, a, an outstanding job of, of limiting them. And just getting goals at, at opportune times with the bender goal, just taking a shot, putting it out there, and just you know getting the deflection. We haven't had many of those type of uh, deflection-type goals. And then at the end, the beautiful passing from Ruiz to, to Jones to seal the victory. So that just meant so much. And also after playing the Red Bulls, in the U.S. Open Cup and falling three to one in a game that even uh, the former coach Miguel would say that they had the Red Bulls number like they they were frustrating them on the pitch and because Charlotte seemed to, to understand and know how to best play them it was just a matter of execution and so the the 3-1 loss back in the U.S. Open Cup was definitely not telling of, of what Charlotte was capable but I think the game we saw on June 11th was showing Charlotte's best and how they knew how to play the Red Bulls and capitalize on things. So that was definitely a a key match. And then just also, you know, under the new coach, um, uh, Latanzio, so we were just feeling like a good start to things for him. Um, And of course, playing at home is always fun too. Next up on the matches that spiked our interest would have to be the Miami game the Inter-Miami game on May 7th where the Crown pretty much dominated and had lots and lots of opportunities. And we had a a no-score halftime. And uh, just looking at some of the things like corner kicks were 11-3. to Possession was kind of even, but the momentum for the entire game seemed to be in Charlotte's favor, but they just couldn't get the goal. And then in the 68th minute, a beautiful cross from Reina, and Shinashiki puts it in, and that was kind of, kind of it. They kind of rode out and knew how to play with a lead since they had had that before, and the crowd and everything like that. That was just a, a big win and a momentous one to show that we could, we could score, score late and just keep persisting and keep trying and, and things would work out. And um, just the crowd was electric that day too, um, as always. The Cincinnati game was definitely the next one that I thought of because it was a 2-0 win at home, March 26. Uh, we had just come off a previous week of victory and we wanted to show that we could sustain things. And they came out early. Uh, Swiderski had a goal at the sixth minute and put us up early, a beautiful goal. And uh, then uh, it was just an overall team huge effort everybody was solid even though Cincinnati had their chances the defense played well Colleen had one of his best games there with lots of saves and it was a a very windy day so the control and what Charlotte was able to do during that and and get these uh, get the points there and bring the momentum from the previous week's victory we was solid all around, and also just, you know, knowing that Cincinnati would then start to excel from there and, and be one of the top clubs in the Eastern Conference this season. So I would say that was definitely up there as one of the top four games. And now the fourth match that stood out to me was the New England Revolution match at home. On the 19th of March, this was after opening up the season with three losses. The previous week, we finally got our first goal on a header by Armour, and uh, you know it was coming back to the home crowd where we had only had one match, and it was the big, you know, inaugural event. All the nerves and all the jitters, and we had just the lower bowl, so we wanted, you know, this was like a good test to see like what would the crowd really be like. You know every match as opposed to the big kind of opening. Um, so I guess that the regulars were there and the supporters were there fired up and they had all gotten their practice in, so they kind of knew what this was all about. And Swiderski scored in the sixth minute from a pass from, from Franco. Um, first home goal kind of started things off and then what what I loved best about this match was they continued and, you know, they played with that lead into halftime, which was uh, was which is interesting. And uh, we did have 29,318 for that attendance. So, so you know kind of those numbers, but then we uh, we gave up a, a foul in the box and, and Carlos Heal uh, put the penalty in to tie it. So now we're tied, like, you know, what, how does the team respond? How do they react to having this lead, holding it for, you know, close to 50 minutes there and then having to see how we respond to it and they did in the 57th minute Swiderski got a cross from bender put it right in the back of the net and then about eight minutes later bender put another one in to seal it from alcivar and you know that was bender's first goal too of course um, so it was just it was really neat to see how they came back and also knowing that they had you know, the skills. It was a relatively even match as far as possessions and shots um, throughout the match, but feel like this was a good telling of what kind of team Charlotte would be uh, throughout the season. So those are our our four matches that kind of spiked our interest, and now we're going to look at the four goals that are kind of the highlights uh, for this year. It's hard to pick four, but uh, we came up with them. I say to my players, when we arrive there, something needs to happen, something. A shot, a pass, a corner, a something, you know, we need to arrive to the last and something needs to happen because we did all the job, you know, to put you in a good position, in a good situation to, to create something. Alright, the first goal we chose actually is a thing of beauty. Uh, it was the first goal scored at Bank of America Stadium. Charlotte FC was scored by Swerderski in the sixth minute of the New England Revolution game. Uh, What was fascinating about this one was that all in the lead up to the goal itself, there were 17 touches or 17 passes in which we held possession, kind of moved and manipulated and massaged how we were going to get in there. And um, 10 players on the team touched it. So all but one player, um, I think Bender, was not able to, to get a touch in that 17-pass sequence. And Swerderski, with his great footwork, took a, a little pass, moved to an open spot, and just nailed it. And uh, let's hear what it's like. It's oh, if you hear some little Altitude dings, that's for City. every pass. They might have had some effect not only on their morale, but also on their legs. Tony McNamara and Sebastian Lejet Missing from the spot as the Mexican side moved on to the semi-finals. Yeah, that's a tough loss. Being 3-0 up makes it even worse. You know, if you just 1-0 up and then you lose, but you expect to go through at that point and to lose how they did, must have hit them emotionally. Made Bruce Arena very, very angry. So you expect them to be fully ready for this matchup. Long from Kalina. That is an accurate pass. Wasn't able to trap it at the first attempt. Rios, he has help from Bender. Trying to do too much by himself there. And now the Revs back in their defensive posture. There's Franco. Now Ramirez barking instructions from his sideline. Alcibar with a good touch out of trouble. Franco, Sviderski, tries to turn. He shoots, and that one squeezes in. Carol Sviderski! <laughs> As you might expect, the next goal was from the Atlanta match at home, and we know who that was. It was the Olympico from Jordi Alcivar, and I almost put the Atlanta match in our top four. I felt like it was it was a crucial match in that you know with the rivalry we played them so early, uh, two games um, within the first uh, first or so month, but uh, just to kind of solidify that there was going to be some back and forth, but. uh, but this goal was definitely a thing of, of wonder um, and positioning and things like that, especially rare for us to get some set-piece goals, and so that was nice to see. The goal itself was in the 11th minute of the match, so it put Charlotte up 1-0, and we held for the entire rest of the match to win. Five players sent forward by Charlotte for this. Three back by the halfway line. It's Alcivar. for the crown. Alcivar with an in-swinging ball that they felt like Atlanta United was a little vulnerable defending set pieces. Rios putting that pressure just in front of that area of Brad Guzon, And Brad Guzan's going to want to do better with this. But how about that? Ball in. I mentioned the Inter-Miami match as a match that spiked my interest. And here's the goal that Shinashiki scored. And just to note that, again, it was at the... Uh, 68th minute and Shinshiki was uh, just come over from the Colorado Rapids and this is the impact that he made on this match Shiniyashiki got Willy P shimmying in the booth he's a very happy man and we've got 32,000 fans ecstatic with us as well what a rocket of a finish from Shiniyashiki first time side netting welcome Andre Shiniyashiki to Charlotte FC In his is first game in the black and blue Andre is a giant and Charlotte FC have the lead in the 68th minute. For this last one, I actually have a tie because I felt like uh, both of these deserved to be in there. The the Bender goal against the Red Bulls, even though it wasn't a beautiful goal, it was a deflection, but it was key in a key game. And then the other one was just a, a, a beautiful goal. It was back in the Cincinnati game. It was a direct kick by Swiderski which also had the wind behind his back. And so with a rocket like he has on top of uh, just a perfect placement, uh, there was no way anybody was gonna stop that. And it was just masterful one. Exceeded three minutes, Charlotte's last chance. Talked about New York getting stretched between lines, and Ben Bender has been really good in finding this basis on the turn. Once he's able to turn forward to his left foot, he's thinking, this. Put a shot on target. Coronel commits to the left hand side. There's an obvious deflection once Coronel is going to his left. For, for Charlotte off the set, pizza it is going to be the man out of Poland. The shot, yes! Whoa. Take a bow, it's 2 0 for Charlotte. Wow, wow, wow. You got to love that. We talked about three different looks. Now we're going to move on to four saves that were memorable this season so far. And of course, the, the man is Kalina. I'm most fascinated with Kalina's positioning and his just reflexes to react to these things um, when it looks like they're gonna go in. The first save that spiked our interest was from the LA Galaxy home match where the Galaxy took 21 shots and Kalina saved six of the seven shots on goal. And here's one from the 23rd minute by Kalina. Up for Julian Arajo. Early cross to Chicharito. What a save by Kalina! Edwards blocked second chance, saved! Nice. And kicked away Kalina from the seat of his pants, blazing it in behind. For... What's great about this next save, it comes from the New England Revolution home match. Charlotte had just taken the lead 2 1. And New England was coming back with uh, fierce intensity. And there was this cross, and the header came flying in. And Kalina had to, almost no time to react, and he just made a great save. A lot of space here for Boatek. Time to turn as well. The Jets flying on the right. Three at the back post. That's not a bad ball. There's the header. Kalina! Pointing it away! Look at this Heather here. The he's in the right spot. This next save, Kalina is diving to the far left post from a shot you know, taken by Cincinnati, almost similar to the same spot where the LA Galaxy scored in the first match. And Kalina's just to get his outreached hands right on it, deny them of a goal. Marvelous save. That service, what a save! Kalina! Kalina and the Charlotte FC got the clean sheet from the Cincinnati game, and you can see why by these other fantastic saves. Vasquez, and then Acosta. Powell overran it, tries to get it to the left foot. Who's there? Kalina! Heavy legs on the side of Charlotte. Be interesting to see, with the five substitutions allotted, what exactly will happen. it can have a shot, he will, and that's a phenomenal save by Kalina, denying the Brazilian. Even in matches such as the Red Bulls match, where you might not have to make as many saves, but you have to be in the right spot at the right time and make the right decisions. And here's one that helped seal the deal for Charlotte FC in this game, with Kalina being at the right place at the right time to get the ball. Going to the left side, Morgan with a shot. Save Kalina and he controls it inside his box. What a play by Kalina! And looks like going down with a head injury is a New York Red Bulls player away for the play. Got it late. Really painful one for Christian Kalina. The dragging foot of Morgan comes in late, and as a goalkeeper, I'm furious. If Christian Kalina's anything like the Mad Cat Will, this is only gonna make him play better. And now for our final part of the halftime episode here, we're gonna talk about four traditions that I think will stay with Charlotte and will carry us in many respects, Uh, at least this season, but uh, you know, we'll see things always change, but they're pretty nice and uh, been enjoying all of them. So the first one is of course the March the Match. The supporters group have their own tailgating place and they march and it's almost a mile and behind the stadium and they make their way and their trek all the way around the stadium and come in together singing dancing chanting drumming Uh, it's just a wonderful atmosphere that doesn't set the tone for the match itself. Well, we have a couple other things that the supporters do and hopefully the entire crowd will start doing too, is the Poznan. So we have two, actually three, Polish players on our team and the Poznan is a song and a dance where the supporters or the fans turn around and face the stands and put their backs to the field, lock arms and shoulders and they jump to the song and kind of do it in a rhythmic kind of way. So it's a, a pretty cool thing to, to get fired up once you're in the stadium uh, before the match. Naturally we have in here the national anthem, the thing that started in the first game that was by mistake because the new audio system had a failing moment and the person who was meant to sing it could not sing and the crowd just took over. And now we just do it every time. last tradition or fan experience that I really enjoy and like is that at the end of a match the players line up maybe about 25 yards out and they're lining up on the pitch and they're facing the supporters end and they all kind of sprint towards like the six yard line and just like jump up and it's kind of a recognition of the crowd being with them and place goes nuts and then right after that they take the man of the match and they march up to where the big crowning happens and um, they have interviews and the fans get to kind of interact with that person. They get to sit on that throne. So to me, that's a, just another moment that's fun to watch at the end of the game. And especially players, they, they'll go around and, and, and talk to the fans and, and be in that area. So very nice. All right, so those are the crowning moments from the first half of the season, the first 17 games. Four goals, four saves, four matches, four moments and traditions. Hoping for many more. And good luck in the rest of the season. And uh, thanks again for listening to the podcast. We'll be back next week, next match, with some interviews. And we'll be ready to go with more fascinating people in and around Charlotte FC. Thank you. Keep dancing Charlotte FC fans, keep dancing.